0: Sacrifice, oh, son of a bitch. Oh, I did it the
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Turnbuckle Training, introducing first your longtime fan, short-time podcaster, and former fantasy wrestling hardcore champion,
0: Peyton. Booyaka Green. And his tag team partner making his debut in the wacky world of fighting fools. Zach the Enigma Barlow Oh, you're like the Riddler. I am. I there's I'm so um uh God, what's the word that's not mysterious? I'm so enigmatic? I'm so Creepy unknown. Ray unknown. Creepy is the word you went for. Creepy is the synonym
1: for I mysterious. I, I I don't know. I mean, creepy can myster- creepy can be mysterious. Yeah, I guess
0: unsolved mystery. <laughs> or if his name was just creepy Ray. It's Ray the creep. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, flying the creep. Like,
1: <laughs> grandma, I want a Ray Mysterio. We have Ray Mysterio at home. Ray Mysterio at home. Raymond Unknown. (laughs) This is a show for long-time wrestling fans and rookies alike. We're going to take you through some of the biggest shows, matches, and rivalries in wrestling history, or at least whatever we feel like talking about today.
0: And if you know nothing about wrestling, if you're sitting there at home and you're saying, what is a mat? What What are ropes? What is a turnbuckle? Then you're probably too far gone. I'm not sure if we can help you. But if you're a regular person that knows very little about wrestling, don't worry. As you'll soon learn, I don't either. So, Peyton, what are we going to be talking about today? I'm going to answer that question with a question.
1: Who is that jumping out the sky? Mysterio? REY Mysterio. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about we're talking about Rey Mysterio. Um, the the ultimate underdog of a of a uh, of a wrestler. And honestly, somebody I was thinking about this before we started. I was thinking about
0: how could you not like Rey Mysterio? I know. How could you not love cruiserweights? How Somebody tell me, somebody send us an email and say, yeah, I like Triple H more, and let me come to your house and punch you in the face. Like, I think Rey Mysterio might be
1: one of the most likable wrestlers, because he's, like, he's so fun to watch, and he's so fun to root for, because, you know, he's a small boy. The and... ultimate
0: face, but in a way that isn't like John Cena.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine Rey Mysterio being a heel. I yeah, think that the only time weird. I think he, he worked as a heel was when he didn't have his mask on in WCW, and I feel like at that point he's a different he's a different dude.
0: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's man. Oscar Ray is extremely likable both in and out of the ring. The coolest wrestler to watch, in my opinion. There's nothing I don't love about Ray Mysterio.
1: Yeah, uh, I was always a huge fan of Rey Mysterio growing up. Uh, I had one of his masks. Uh, just a fun dude who really has a great story of going from someone unknown, uh, someone who is not your typical WWE main eventer, and ended up becoming one. Um
0: yeah. and, and thus securing himself in both uh, the WWE Hall of Fame and also in a little something that I've created, called 5'7 Seven Legends. Uh, currently, in Five Seven Legends are Bruce Lee and myself. And now, even though he's five six, also Ray Mysterio.
1: So, uh, are you? So you're saying that
0: you and Ray Mysterio are have a lot in common. I'm saying that me and Rey Mysterio are, we're both five, seven legends, and so there's a mutual respect there. Mm, yeah. Um,
1: But but Rey has a, all of these matches were really fun to watch. I didn't, there were none of these matches that I was like, oh, this sucks, like, and that's the thing, is like, Rey can put on a match with just about anyone. He can have really good matches with other cruiserweights, really good matches with other technical guys. I watched him put on a match with Big Show that wasn't that
0: bad. Yeah, well, and I think that is the thing that we're going to learn about Rey Mysterio as we go through this, is that he is someone that not only understands his own skill and his own technique so well that he can execute it flawlessly, he understands every type of wrestling and how to combine that with his to make an interesting match. So let's go ahead and get into it. Ray.
1: uh... Ray mysterio they'll mention this a few times starts wrestling when he's only fourteen
0: years old, uh which is just wild. I couldn't do shit when I was fourteen I could sit at home and play video games yeah, I couldn't even do that you you couldn't you couldn't play video games when you're fourteen no, I didn't know how <laughs> your hands uh, hadn't come in yet.
1: Yeah, I hadn't grown into my hands. I still haven't. I have tiny hands, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ray starts out in Mexico. Um, he uh, he was trained by his uncle, Ray Mysterio Senior, who eventually gives him the name. He goes originally by Ray Mysterio Junior. He wears the mask, much like his much like his uncle. Uh, goes by some interesting names like uh, La, La 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 Gratia Verde, the green lizard, and Colibri, which is hummingbird. Um, eventually wrestles in AAA uh, and has a good feud with Humberto Guerrera finally ends up coming to America and working with ECW we talked about this several times we're going to keep talking about how ECW gives people chances that maybe probably wouldn't have had a chance anywhere else um, absolutely I remember watching uh, an interview Ray Mysterio did talking about ECW and he was like he couldn't believe all the things Paul Heyman would let him do. He, at, he, uh, he talked about, uh, he asked Paul Heyman, he was like, hey, Paul, uh, can we use a table in our match? And Paul was like, yeah, what? why would you have to ask me that? <laughs> Ray is so nice and polite, he, he wanted to ask if he could use a table. And he was like, this is ECW, you know? You can yeah, use tables all you want. Well, I assume in the WWE the you probably to... need to ask for permission
0: before you break
1: the announce table.
0: Technically, it's against the rules to not use the table, so just, just go for it, dude um,
1: Ray doesn't spend, he only spends about a year uh, in ECW, but he has some pretty good matches with Juventus Guerrero, probably his biggest rivalry, though, is with Sakosis, and we, we watched uh, during our one night stand show he has a match with Sakosis, as kind of like a tribute to all their matches before but this really shows what these guys could do uh, in ECW uh, so we're going to have Rey Mysterio vs. uh on ECW TV uh, in 1995. Both of us mentioned how horrible the audio is on here.
0: Yeah, um, and I think that is part of it being ECW and part of our watching it bootleg.
1: You know who I noticed was the ring announcer here? Who? Joel Gertner. Huh. You know, the, yeah, I'm the, in her pants, in her
0: Yeah, yeah, tra- the, trance. the strange fur coat man that's very horny all the time.
1: Yeah, he's the ring announcer here. I guess this is before he became horny man.
0: <laughs> before he found uh, a much
1: worse role. Yeah, uh... They uh they announce uh they do the announcements in Spanish, which is something I always thought was pretty cool when they would do lucha libre matches, which like shows a lot of like respect, I think, for their culture and stuff. Like I think I think there's something to be said about that.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I because, think okay, I have a question for you. Does Joey Styles that? just know about like every kind of wrestling Super in-depth. Is he just the biggest wrestling nerd? Or does he just make things up? Because... He's,
1: he's a really big wrestling nerd. Uh, people like him, like Mike Tenet, they know a lot about wrestling. JR, they kn- they just know their shit. Uh, and that's the thing, is commentary- commentators today are just, like, educated on, like, okay, how can you sell the WWE brand? Whereas these guys... Or like researchers, they would do their fucking research on wrestlers and wrestling, and it's something that's missing, but it's super i think makes a, makes the match takes it to a, a step higher
0: It absolutely does because it it puts you more one it puts you more in the illusion that this is real. Because they're naming moves, and they're they're naming techniques, and they're like, oh, this is used all over the world. It's really used especially in these parts and by these people. And it makes you feel that the world of wrestling is a lot bigger and a lot more intricate. Um, and it, it, it really gives you the feeling that you can be an aficionado, and that they're not just in the ring making things up.
1: Well, and then that's what a real sports commentator would do. Right. They wouldn't sit around saying, oh... I'm, you know, fucking Terry Bradshaw is not going to say, "Oh, make sure you go uh, download the ESPN app." Like it's <laughs> right, right. He's going to be talking about you know the technique and the guy's background and that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I think that's super,
0: super missing. Um, I noticed you said you want Ray's abs. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna steal them from Ray Mysterio, put them on myself. Okay. His abs here, or just like any any Ray abs? Um, okay. Oh man, I didn't think that you were going to ask me to rate his abs on each match, but they do very, very, uh, very much. Um, so here, they're pretty good. We're looking at a rel- relatively nice tone, but not a whole lot of definition. Still very good, though. Um, you know, as we go through, as we go through the matches, if you just ask me, I'll give you a one out of ten on them. I'd give them a seven out of ten in this match.
1: All right, seven out of ten abs. This was not a thing I thought was going to be in this episode, but here we go.
0: I, I didn't think so either, but I'm, prepared, I'm fully prepared to give my dissertation on Rey Mysterio's abs and why I want them.
1: Um, uh, important to note is this is a two out of three falls match, um, which, I don't know, is something we see too often, but I think it's, uh, I think it's a
0: fun addition to the, yeah. to the match. It's interesting, but at the same time, it's like, we know. We know exactly what's going to happen. Each guy's going to get one pin, and then it's just going to be a normal match. It's like how in
1: WWE, they would kind of take this a step further, and they would do what's called a three stages of hell match, and they would have, like, each match would have a new stipulation, so it would be like, first match is a regular match, second match is a hardcore match, third match is a steel cage match. So, theoretically, you could not get to the steel cage match, but the WWE is not going to fucking construct a steel cage and tease a steel cage might
0: happen and then not do it. Oh, tear it down, guys. We're, turns out we're not going to need it this time. Uh, but
1: you get to see both guys get a win, at least, so that's, that's always good. So neither guy ends up looking, like, weak or anything.
0: Right, right. Um...
1: I always love an ECW, and even with any Ray match, you know he's gonna, it's not gonna be too long before he, like, springs off the ropes and onto the guy on the outside. He goes into the crowd twice
0: here, and, uh, the crowd is chanting ECW. What do you think is more impressive? What do you like more? When Ray jumps from the ropes into the crowd, or when he jumps from the turnbuckle into the ring?
1: Probably from the ropes into the crown. Yeah, same. Because that just same. seems more dangerous. And also
0: seems like a farther jump. It does. It's, it does seem like a bigger jump. And, and like, you got to be way more precise. And that's one thing with Rey Mysterio that you see time and time again, uh, even from the beginning, but especially as his career goes on and he gets better and better, the precision is, is uh, just amazing. How this yeah. man can contort and flail in the air or when he's wrapped around the dude in a certain way that like he is in control of every part of his body and he knows the result he's trying to achieve and he does it and it's just wild i wonder like does the man ever
1: get nervous like, i know see I don't. Like, i'm going i'm gonna fuck this up Yeah. Oh, oh, and he's never, you know, for a guy that does that, I've never seen, he's never gotten like a really bad injury that I know of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like he's, I mean, he's a professional, that's for sure. But I do wonder if he's ever like, oh man, I hope I don't fly in the wrong direction or something, you know, like. (laughs) uh, Um, He's, he's very, seems very calm and collected about the whole thing. Uh, Ray is going to get
1: the first fall of the match. Uh, hits a hurricane rana and pins psychosis. Uh, later, he gets a hurricane rana off the top rope, uh, and psychosis goes to the floor. But he just follows that up with another hurricane rana on the floor. You know, he keeps doing the same move over and over again. But honestly, I don't get tired of it because it's a a cool move and b he's he's hitting it everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and hitting it in new and interesting ways. And so. Yeah. It, it still works,: and it's really cool that like the crowd loves this.
1: they eat it up, and to think, like this kind of match in, in WWE would not get this much time. you know this is like this match is like 17 minutes long, it's two out of three falls. The, in WWE, they wouldn't have given this match this much of a of a showing, but right, ECW right. somehow was really in tune to what their audience wanted.
0: Uh, and, and that was, you know, definitely a, uh, a strength of ECW, is, is knowing what the audience wants, and being able to actually give it to them. Um,
1: we actually start even getting, like, some weapons involved. Um, Sekostas is using a chair on Ray's leg, um, yeah, And then eventually, Psychosis power bombs Ray through a table.
0: Um, and th- th- that looked like it was painful because it looked like, you know, as we've talked about before, when you get dropped through a table, the table sort of breaks your fall when it breaks. Uh, but this table didn't give because, you know, I guess Ray's just not that heavy of a dude. <laughs> and uh, and the, just one of the legs collapsed and it looked, looked like it hurt. It probably did. I definitely didn't feel good.
1: Uh, Ray goes for a tilt-a-whirl head scissors, but Sakosus just grabs him, and hits a tombstone pile driver, picks up that second fall. I like how they almost portray Sakosus as being like a, like a powerhouse in this match, despite the fact that
0: he's also a cruiserweight. He's just so much bigger than Ray. Yeah, um, that, and that's the thing with every single Mysterio match is that. He's always going to be the underdog because there is no one that is as like as small as him. Well, except for in his uh, WrestleMania classic with Hornswoggle. Well, you know that is a, you got an excellent point. I, I did make that up. He didn't wrestle Hornswoggle, at least not at
1: WrestleMania.
0: Okay, I was going to say I'm a little disappointed. I I kind of wanted to see this hypothetical Hornswoggle match.
1: Uh, don't worry. Uh, Hornswoggle uh, to li- likes to wrestle guys like the Great Kali and Big Show.
0: Which, I mean, come on, he's Hornswoggle. The Great guys, Khali thing that, is actually real. He really did
1: wrestle Khali. Um at, at one point, uh, uh, we go back into the into the crowd. Uh, Sakosa straight up just throws him into the crowd and follows up with a suicide dive. Um... At one point, they just are on the on the ground, just kicking each other. Uh, and then, uh, and then, Ray ends up hitting Sakosis in the face with two chairs. Uh, more Hurricane Rana's, more tilt-a-whirl head scissors. Uh, finally, uh, Sakosis puts uh, Ray on a table, and he hits him with a chair that he just grabs from a fan. Which I, I like that fans can just like hand out weapons.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a very cool ECW thing. Or, like, what's this guy going to sit on for the
1: rest of the show? <laughs> uh, Sekostas, i never thought of that. It's, uh, I mean, I'm sure he didn't either, but he was like, fuck, why I do that? Sikostas <laughs> uh, is going to go to the top rope, hit a leg drop through the table, and then in the ring he puts a chair on top of Ray and hits a corkscrew moonsault onto him and pins for that third and final fall. What a great way to showcase Rey Mysterio to an American audience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you could, I, if I were in that crowd, I know I'd be going nuts. So eventually Rey is gonna leave ECW, go to WCW, which is the
1: story for a lot of people, kind of like Rey, um, he uh, ends up making his WCW debut at the Great American Bash 1996. Uh, he's really uh, hyped up by Mike Tenay. Uh, Mike Tenay is another guy who's kind of really selling Ray, just like Joey Styles did.
0: Right, right. And Mike, Mike Tenay does Mike great job on commentary. Great job on commentary.
1: Um, he's going to be taking on Dean Malenko for the Cruiserweight Championship. Dean Malenko, uh, it's always. It's always weird to me to think, because I don't, I really don't think of Dean Malenko that much of a cruiserweight, but I mean, I guess he is, I guess he's kind of the size for it, but I I think of him, you know, I don't know, whenever I think cruiserweight, I don't think Dean Malenko, but. Yeah, I mean,
0: he doesn't really have the style, he doesn't really, I
1: don't know, I I agree with
0: you. I don't know, I I agree with
1: you. I like Dean Malenko, I think he's a great wrestler, I think he's probably a really underrated wrestler. Uh. And I, I think this was a good way because, as we said, cruiserweights and technical guys usually put on really great matches.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, Absolutely. So uh, we get that uh, back and forth technical wrestling. Of course, the you know it's WCW, so they like to promote whatever the main event is. Ray is going to eventually. Um come off the ropes springboard hits a front flip senton on the floor they're going to trade pinning combinations in the in the ring uh it looks like ray is actually going to win here uh he gets a hurricane rana from the top rope and he charges at jay malenko in the corner but malenko catches him with a power bomb and puts his feet on the ropes for the three count so mysterio loses in his wcw debut but he looks he looks pretty decent in this match he ends up losing you know kind of by a fluke yeah, now, I kind of understand why they don't want him to beat a veteran like Dean Malenko and, and maybe not put the title on him right away. But uh...
0: now, here's the thing about this match Ray's abs here. Not quite as lean and defined as we saw in the previous match. This is a six out of 10 abs, uh, which does not mean he's not in great shape. It just means that, you know, he's not currently, his abdominal muscles are not showing the way they should. Also, the footage is very grainy. So that might have something to do with it too, because I can't entirely see very well. But in addition to the six out of ten abs, Ray spends a lot of time on the mat in this match. It's it's basically just showing how much punishment he can take and being like, "Wow, this guy's tough because he keeps t- kicking out," and which is a big part of uh, Ray's character. It is. It, it really is. I mean, the underdog. Uh, you know, he's he he never never say die personality of Ray is. A, a, a huge part of the character.
1: Yeah. Um, so Ray's going to have a pretty good uh, career in WCW. He's going to uh, kind of own the Cruiserweight division, uh, wins the Cruiserweight Championship several times uh, in his career. Eventually, he's going to lose to Kevin Nash and have to take off his mask, which was a very regrettable decision that they basically just retcon uh, out of existence. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, and I noticed that we did not cover any of those matches, and I'm glad.
1: Yeah, because I didn't really want to. Um, but uh, but the only thing about his career in WCW is that they, they do kind of treat him and all the other cruiserweights as, like, second-class citizens is the word I want to use. I don't know if that's really the best term,
0: but... But cruiserweights never get their time in the spotlight, right? Because they're not big muscle boys and that offends people, I guess. I don't really know. People,
1: People like Kevin Nash would always call them vanilla midgets, is what he would say.
0: And that's the thing is that I think that every match Rey Mysterio has ever put on is better than anything Kevin Nash has done in his entire life. Probably so. And
1: I, I'm glad that the culture has changed. That's one good thing about modern WWE is that we don't really have that anymore. You know, the wrestlers aren't huge, giant dudes anymore. Yeah, um, I guess they really, uh, really crack down on steroid use. Yeah. Um. So after WCW closes, uh, Ray's gonna kind of float around on the independent scene, go back to Mexico a little bit. Eventually, in 2002. Um, WWE's gonna ask for him they're gonna bring him over uh, this is uh, at the very beginning of the brand split where Raw and SmackDown are different shows with different rosters so they're gonna bring Ray over to SmackDown which SmackDown has the Cruiserweight title now that they brought over from WCW uh, he's gonna change his name up a little bit, he's gonna drop the Junior he's gonna cha- change the spelling of the name a little bit and Vince McMahon is actually the one who requested he put the mask back on um, and he actually had to receive, uh, permission from the Lucha Libre Commission, uh, because he,
0: once you lose your mask, you're not supposed to put it back on, but they that said because it was crazy to me that he was willing to do that for WCW, considering it's such a big deal.
1: Well, probably cause they were giving him a paycheck and he had no other choice.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, Uh, but but he does get that... I'm glad they gave him permission to put it back on. It would have been weird if they didn't.
1: the, The reason is because it was apparently not a, um... It was not a traditional mask versus mask match. Um, and until the network came out, they kind of censored all footage of him being unmasked in WCW for a while. Uh, to kind of preserve that continuity. Um but uh they're going to tease ray's uh arrival in WWE with these uh these promos that you know show his work at ECW and in WWE or in and ECW and WCW and you know really hype up the mask uh and eventually he's going to make his debut on SmackDown on July 25th 2002 versus Chavo Guerrero uh, a guy who he has a lot of history with probably um Ray's second biggest, you know, rival after Eddie Guerrero. Um and they're both traditional WCW guys, so it's a good way to introduce him to the WWE, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I, I think that the I love the WWE, you know, the promos with he's coming. Um on the and it like and just with the mask and with that you know that that really goes to show how much people love Rey Mysterio that if you all your promo needs is that mask with the words he's coming and people know you're talking about Rey mhm uh
1: we we really show off Ray here we get his agility his quickness uh he does some nice reversals um we uh we get some Top rope moves. Ray does a corkscrew,
0: slingshot, plancha over the top rope and onto the floor. And we also Uh, get a showing from Ray's abs that are at ten out of ten in this match. Oh wow! Perfect definition, um, uh, uh, toned perfectly. He's the core of this man. The amount of planks that he does, just phenomenal, phenomenal stuff, man.
1: You really, you really got a crush on old Ray Mysterio, huh?
0: Uh, At least on his core, at least on his abs.
1: Um, Chavo's gonna hit Ray with a gory bomb, but he kicks out. Uh, Ray's able to trip him up, get him on the second rope before hitting uh, the first ever six one nine, which Taz is gonna call the six nineteen. But oh my
0: god! And then he, he, yeah, what a like, what a debut, you know? Yeah. Uh,
1: So Ray's going to beat Chavo there, Uh, and he's not done, because uh, later that same night, he's going to come out uh, at the end of a steel cage match, uh, where Edge beats Chris Jericho, and then the Un-Americans, It Storm, Christian, and Tess, start beating up Edge. Um, A young John Cena comes out to help. Yeah. Um, And eventually, Ray ends up climbing up the cage and jumping off on top of the Un-Americans, and then they just end up cleaning house. On uh, on um. Jericho and the Young americans So uh, cool way to show off Ray, especially coming out in the main event and uh and getting to make such a big impact like that.
0: Absolutely, ha, ab. Salute! Nice. Um, but yeah, no, I mean this is a, a real, real way to kick off Ray here in in the WWE. Like, or, or just a. Explosive way to introduce him to this. Mm-hmm. I, but, you know, I do have to wonder something. How What's that? long after a match does Ray wait to remove his mask? You know, does he, does he, because, you know, you can't have people seeing him leave the venue without his mask on. So does he, like, drive home in it? And, like. Well,
1: I guess he could leave the venue without his mask on because people don't really recognize him.
0: That's true. No one would
1: know who he is. Um,. I think he wears his mask a lot. Like in public, like when he does public events, he's wearing his mask. Uh, I think he spends a lot of time backstage wearing the mask. I think he likes to wear the mask, it's part of his identity. You
0: think he just like sometimes he's like going to go to the grocery store and he just puts the mask on just for fun? Maybe. Uh, Although that is a great way to be able to be a
1: regular person.
0: Absolutely.
1: That's why I bet Kane was probably upset when he had to take the mask off. 'Cause nobody knew who that guy was. I
0: think we were all upset when
1: Kane had to take his mask off. Fair enough. Um so throughout uh there's a period of time in SmackDown where the wrestling on SmackDown is really good and they call uh they called that group of wrestlers the SmackDown Six. Uh Ray Mysterio, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and Chavo Guerrero. Is that six people? And Edge. Um and They mix it up together. They team together. Uh, I didn't show this match, but one of Ray's best matches when he first starts in WWE is uh, his match against Kurt Angle at SummerSlam 2002, his first pay-per-view match in the WWE. We watched that on our SummerSlam 2002 episode, our second episode. Um... But, uh, yeah, and then, but really, Ray is kind of dominating the Cruiserweight division. The Cruiserweight division is really modeled all around Rey Mysterio. He wins it, like, eight times. Um, we're gonna go to the first time he wins the Cruiserweight title in WWE, uh, when he beats Matt Hardy on SmackDown in May of 2003. Matt Hardy, his, uh, during his Version 1 days, when he has his, uh, run with the Cruiserweight title, uh... And coming out with his matitude followers, or his MFers, which are Shannon Moore and Crash Holly. I forgot that Crash Holly was still around these
0: days. Yeah, man. Uh, good, to see, good to see old hardcore Holly out and about. Well, that's Crash Holly. Uh, I think they're the same person.
1: This is his cousin, Crash, who's not really his cousin. They're not related at all. Okay. Uh, One I of Matt's... Thing,
0: have you ever seen him in the same place?
1: Yes, I have. They've wrestled each other and they've teamed together. Okay, never mind then. You really thought they created a character who was a cousin of another wrestler and they never were in the same place at the same time? Yeah, in hindsight, I uh I should have known better. Yeah. One of Matt's Matt facts on the side of the screen is Matt is taller than Rey Mysterio.
0: And uh, see, this is what the short man this is what this is what puts Rey in the Five Seven Legends just having to endure the constant abuse of tall people. Um, and,
1: yeah, Matt Hardy is such a bully. Um, Ray's family is at ringside, including son Dominic, who we will hear a lot about later and have talked about before. Yes. Um, Michael Cole mentions that Ray has Ray's dicks all fucked up. I'm sorry, what? He has a groin injury. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they get in each other's faces. Crash Holly is holding up a magazine with Matt on it. Um, at one point, Shannon Moore and Crash Holly attack Ray, and the referee kicks them out. But apparently, no disqualification there.
0: Um, yeah, I and I noticed that, and they I think they make some comments about it. Um, it, oh yeah, because he sends them backstage and Matt's, like, arguing with the ref about it. Yeah.
1: And I guess it's because you don't want Ray to win by DQ, because then he doesn't win the title,
0: but, uh... Yeah, no, it's just hilarious to me that it's like, okay, these guys assaulted me, they've got to go backstage, and Matt Hardy's like, do they really, Dad? (laughs) And while he's arguing, Ray is setting something up. He's giving Matt a special gift. What's that? Um, a flying Ray Mysterio coming from behind. Ah, yes. Um,
1: Matt is going to start focusing on Ray's groin, puts him in a half Boston crab, or as you said, a
0: crab lobster, named after where we have a friend, a uh, wonderful person um, that we were friends with in high school and are still friends with today. That would put us in the crab lobster, which was just a Boston crab, and it hurt really bad.
1: Um, Ray is, is eventually going to get out of that, uh, and he's going to go. He's going to try to go for the six one nine, but Ray atta- or Matt attacks his leg,
0: which apparently hurts his groin too, according to the commentators. Well, as we know, the groin is connected to the leg; therefore, any damage sustained by the leg is sustained by the groin. Indeed, put that on a T-shirt. You've never, you've never bumped your leg against a table and and just felt the pain shoot off Ah, the my bus. dick.
1: <laughs> um, Ray tries to climb the ropes, but Matt ties him upside down on the turnbuckle, and he charges. But Ray just sits up, and Matt hits the corner shoulder first. Uh, he goes for the moonsault, but Matt catches him, and then Ray reverses that into a tornado DDT. Uh, on the top rope, Matt is able to hit a side effect. Get another two count. Ray steals Matt's move and hits the Twist of Fate. He uh, eventually trips him up, hits the six one nine, goes for that Hurricane Rana, uh, but Matt catches him, and so instead Ray's able to take him over the top rope with the Hurricane Rana. Matt grabs that title. The ref tries to take it away, and that's when Crash and Shannon come in and double team Ray Mysterio. Matt goes to the top rope, hits a leg drop. Ray still kicks out. Eventually goes for the Twist of Fate, but Ray reverses it into a roll up for the three count, and he wins his first cruiserweight title in the WWE, uh, and gets to celebrate with his
0: family. But he has lost much of the definition around his abs here. You see, this <laughs> oh, yes. Ray Mysterio's abs are barely visible. Um, now, it, I am taking the stills from this. You know, it's kind of hard to see sometimes. But it stop appears- hating
1: on my bootleg version of these matches.
0: In this, Well, I'm saying, you know, because they're moving around, they're always in different poses, you seldom get a solid look at Ray just from the front, so I kind of have to hunt and peck for the pictures that I'm, I'm, I'm picking out. Uh, but here, it appears, you know, still obviously a very muscular torso uh, to be able to do the things that he does, but um, no, no clearly defined abs, that's a 5 out of 10 abs. Hmm, what a shame. Perhaps Ray's biggest
1: rivalry in his whole career is that uh, against Eddie Guerrero. They've been wrestling each other since WCW. On our Cruiserweight episode, we talked about their fantastic match at Halloween Havoc, um, and they end up having some great matches in WWE. And it's a really great storyline because they're they're really good friends, and so they keep wrestling each other in like a competition kind of aspect. But every time Ray pulls out the victory, eventually they decide to start teaming together, and they win. Um the uh, the tag team championships together on SmackDown. Uh, but they decide they want to continue their friendly rivalry, and at WrestleMania 21, they're going to have a match together. They, they talk about it's the first time that the, uh, the tag team champions have ever wrestled each other at WrestleMania. Interesting to note here is that this is the opener for WrestleMania. So a strong opener. Uh, at the previous year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 20, Eddie was wrestling defending the WWE Championship. So now he's back here in the opening match in what would actually be his last WrestleMania. Um,
0: but a damn good match. Yeah, hey, they put on a fantastic match, these two. And, and looking at them both, you know, this is really, like, it really contrasts right really well because Eddie is a guy that is extremely top-heavy. Like, honestly, if Eddie Guerrero, like, just, it looks like if he fell over, he'd be kind of concerned that he could get back up um but like and ray is is very small compared to him um so it really does give you this idea that eddie's got all the power and ray has um is sort of fighting an uphill battle against him ray comes out in this really cool outfit uh
1: it's a mexican flag and u.s flag inspired outfit um, he does have a lot of trouble with the mask. I don't know if you noticed that, but he he keeps pulling on his mask. I think it's,
0: like, not fitting him well. Oh. I I did notice the amazing costume, though, which was a Mexican flag on the front, American flag on the back kind of deal. Um, looks super cool. And Ray is always coming in with these great costumes, man.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I don't, I think, I don't think he ever wears the same
0: thing twice. No, and, uh, like... Really does have just a—well, I don't know. I feel like that, like, white-and-mask Ray look is pretty iconic. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, he's constantly changing it up, and it's always cool to see what he's going to wear into the ring.
1: We start off with some chain wrestling. Um, Ray showing off his quickness. Uh, go to the outside pretty quick, and I like the dynamic between these two. Of they know each other so well that they're able to telegraph each other's moves. At right. some points, they're literally mirroring each other and, and going for the same move. Uh, there's a cool moment where they both like are on the ground locking hands, and they both bridge up. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, Even Eddie shows off some of his high-flying moves. He slingshots over the top rope onto the floor. Um, he puts him in some sort of crazy submission hold, like a surfboard type move, but ends up having
0: to break it up when he's, he's pinning himself. <laughs> now, I do love the, so there's, there's on commentary here, you know, they're talking about these guys dynamic and they're talking about how, uh, the, the sort of friendly rivalry between them. But one of the announcers talks about how in some of their tag team matches, there have been these sort of slip ups that have cost them, cost them matches as of late. And he goes... But were they accidents? I think so. And <laughs> that's such a wild line f- for me. Yeah, it's like, why are you going to
1: question whether or not there are accidents if you're just going to say yes?
0: That's like saying, coincidence? Probably.
1: <laughs> but it's 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 like, why do you put doubt in the viewers' minds if you have no reason to believe there's doubt?
0: Yeah, no, it's it's... Just a weird thing to say.
1: Was 9-11 an inside job? No.
0: <laughs> um, but
1: they are kind of doing this slow burn, building this. This was a really good rivalry um, to kind of build up that lasts over a long time. Um, at one point, Ray hits a corkscrew plancha over the top rope onto Eddie, uh, and then back in the ring, it's a springboard-seated senton. Uh, Eddie is eventually able to get the upper hand. He starts going for the three amigos, which are three consecutive vertical suplexes. Uh, but every time he goes for him, Ray's able to break out of it before the third one. Uh, finally he's gonna go for the 619, but Eddie gets out of the way. Uh, and then he finally hits those three amigos. He goes to the top
0: rope and goes for the frog splash, but Ray gets out of the way. Um, I always think that's so impressive. When people go for the frog splash, which is jumping off the top rope into the ring. And then the guy inside the ring is able to, while they are in midair, roll out of the way. That's, yeah. take, that's some, just some impressive timing. Absolutely.
1: Um, Ray is able to hit the 619, but when he follows up with the Hurricane Rana, Eddie just power bombs him straight to the mat. Ray is able to kick out. Uh, Eddie's approaching Ray, but out of nowhere, he hits a Hurricane Rana into a pin and gets the three count. Uh, They end up shaking hands at the end, and just a really great moment, and
0: a really great...
1: I mean, can you believe that this is the opener of WrestleMania? That Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio are the first match of WrestleMania?
0: Yeah, that's insane, especially considering what the WWE will throw on as their first match.
1: Yeah, or especially considering what they'll throw on as their last match. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because the last match for this show was Triple H and Batista.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, now you know. Here's the thing: much as Eddie Guerrero, as we will find out, is ha- harboring and hiding a dark secret, Ray's clothing is hiding his abs. Therefore, this match I have to give a NA, uh, not applicable to the abs score.
1: Yeah, I mean it's only it's it's that's all you can do. You yes. can't knock him for it, because his abs could be impressive, but you also can't you can't give him a, a score he doesn't deserve.
0: Sadly, science does not allow us to pierce beyond the veil of Ray's shirt and see his abs in this scene. So
1: Now that
0: is the, the quote for the episode.
1: <laughs> Eddie and Ray are going to tag for a little while longer, eventually going to lose those tag team titles to the new team of M&M, Melina, Nitro, and Mercury. Um... Whose gimmick is their paparazzi? Huh. Or no, they're like they're famous people. Oh okay. and the paparazzi takes pictures of them. I don't know. Anyway, uh they lose the match, but they're gonna get a rematch again. Uh, but for whatever reason, when Ray tries to go to tag in Eddie, he refuses to take the tag. Uh, and he watches them beat Rey Mysterio and then watches him beat them up. And And he just just walks away.
0: He's got that cold look on his face. And it's super messed up because Ray's crawling on the floor going, Eddie! And he's just ignoring him. And it's like, it's brutal, man. If you notice,
1: so this is in April. I mean, this is not that long after WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Notice that Eddie is starting to get bigger. Yeah. Uh, And it's not in a good way. uh, Because he's going to die in November of the same year. Yeah, um, And then think about when we saw him in that Chris Benoit match on the One Night Stand show. That was in June. This is in April. Like, look at how bulked up he got in just two months. Yeah, no. Less than two months. Like when you look month.
0: at Eddie Guerrero, it is, it is an unhealthy amount of bulk that that man has, clearly. Even um, that WrestleMania match, he looks
1: entirely different.
0: Yeah, he looks huge, man. Um, well,
1: I meant in the WrestleMania match, he
0: doesn't look as big. Oh, he doesn't look as big. Yeah, yeah. But he, and that's the thing. He's like, he was already a really big dude. He he didn't need that, clearly. Um, but I will say, much as Eddie uh, has abandoned Ray in this match, Ray has abandoned his shirt, showing what is going to earn him a score of 8 out of 10 on these apps.
1: All right. Um, the next week on SmackDown, Eddie is going to be um, attacked... By Chavo Guerrero and Eminem, Eddie's music hits, and he runs to the ring. He clears house, picks up Ray, gives him a hug, but then he <laughs> clotheslines him and starts beating him up.
0: Um, yeah, man, Ray's mask gets all ripped, and his face is all bloody, and it's rough.
1: You know what's really cool? I yeah. had an action figure of Ray Mysterio with this ripped mask.
0: Oh, that's so cool.
1: It came with an Eddie Guerrero who, the next night he made a promo wearing a suit and it had the Eddie in the suit look and then it had the Ray with the ripped up mask.
0: It was cool. That's so cool. Uh, And Uh, also cool, here are his still 8 out of 10 abs. It's only been a week. uh, And then Eddie's gonna suplex Ray onto the bottom portion of the steel steps super hard. Yeah, Um, oh, dude, and you hear that smack? That sounded that sounded like it hurt.
1: Um, so they're going to launch into a rivalry at the Great American Bash 2005. They're going to have a match. Eddie starts teasing that he's got this secret and that it somehow reveals Ray's son, Dominic. Um, they do these weird promos where Eddie shows up in a park and at Dominic's school, like saying, Hey, Uncle Eddie has a bedtime story for you. Uh, but Ray's like, Don't reveal the secret. <laughs>
0: weird. Uh, my uncle used to say the
1: same thing all the time. Oh, fuck, <laughs> my man. <laughs> Ooh, man. So your uncle was actually your dad?
0: Nah. Oh, okay. No, he just had a fun bedtime story.
1: Oh, Jesus. Uh, They're going to have a match at the Great American Bash where the stipulation is if Eddie wins, he gets to tell the secret. These two have some weird stipulations in their matches.
0: Yeah, as, as we've seen before and we will see still.
1: Ray wins the match and decides that the, the best place for his son, who's being stalked by his f- former friend, is in a wrestling ring.
0: The last place he'd ever expect. him in uh, plain sight.
1: Ray, uh, Ray rocks the, the business casual look with a mask.
0: And a shirt, um, sadly, so, again, in oh, yeah. A on the ab rating.
1: I do think it's funny when Ray is wearing, like, regular clothes with a mask.
0: Yeah, no, it's hilarious.
1: Um, Dominic comes out in his,
0: like, bleach blonde hair. Yeah, Dominic is rocking that mid-2000s look, man. Um, Ray's thanking the fans
1: for their support, but he's interrupted by Eddie... Um, Ray says it's over stay away from his son and Eddie's like hey I promised I wouldn't reveal the secret but guess what I lied Yeah, but what I do
0: love about just a moment before that is that he's talking about uh, oh god what is it he's talking about he promised to do something he's like and Eddie Guerrero always keeps his promises and then like literally not a minute later says I know I promised not to say that but i lied and it's like which well, is it eddie we actually know that it's that he lies because his intro music does say that he lies cheats and steals and that was his original promise
1: and so he always keeps the promise that he lies you know what you know what that's a good workaround. yeah i should be a writer for wwe absolutely oh. Eddie, uh, Eddie starts uh, telling the bedtime story. Ray is begging him to stop, and that's when Eddie says that Ray isn't Dominic's his, his father. He really is. Ray comes back into the ring and hugs Dominic, and Dominic goes, Is it true, Dad? Is it really true? I'm really glad they decided to randomly mic this child.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I, and I said this before. Uh, in our Cruiserweights episode, which if you want to see the stunning conclusion of this storyline, go over and check that out because we cover that um, Custody of a Child match. It's actually our Ladder Match episode. A ladder Match episode. I apologize. Um, but yeah, so in our Ladder Match episode we cover that. One of the greatest ladder matches of all time. Uh, go go give that a listen. And one
1: of the worst stipulations of all time. Indeed.
0: Uh, but... Dominic, you know, uh, is a great actor for a kid his age. Yeah. Like, miking him was risky, but he did a good job.
1: He runs out of the ring, and I'm, like, wondering, did
0: anyone think, like, to just grab this child? Yeah, yeah, here's the thing. He abandons his father instantly, and or he abandons Ray instantly, so he clearly takes after Eddie. <laughs> That's funny.
1: Um... Unfortunately, uh, they, they end up having a really good rivalry here. Some great matches. That classic ladder match we talked about, where Ray eventually wins the custody of his son, which is apparently something that can be decided in a wrestling match. Uh, just for those who don't know, Eddie is not actually Ray's son's dad. It's Ray Mysterio is is really his his actual father. But yeah, it was um, very
0: strange, like soap. And I think that's why they were doing it is because it harks harkens to that like like, soap opera vibe there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was weird. Uh,
1: eventually, Eddie is finally able to beat Rey Mysterio in a cage match, which apparently ends the whole thing. Apparently, he just had to beat him one time. Um, they go their separate ways, um, and Eddie... Actually starts churning face a little bit more. He starts teaming with Batista, uh, even wrestles him, and apparently they were grooming Eddie to have another run with the world title. Um, but unfortunately, Eddie is going to die in November of two thousand five. Uh, really tragic death. Um, so on Raw in November on November fourteenth, two thousand five, they decided to throw out uh, the the. Regularly eh, regularly scheduled programming and have a tribute show to Eddie Guerrero. Uh, they also have one on SmackDown that week too.
0: Now Eddie's uh, heart
1: failed. Yeah, that was
0: what
1: yes. Got him. It was a mm-hmm. well, just a lot of drug abuse that caught up to him. Um, mm. uh, Eddie's own cousin Chavo found him in his hotel room. Oh God. Um and. Ray, of course, being one of his close friends, kind of becomes this proxy for Eddie Guerrero. Um, and uh, the Raw starts off, you know, with like a Tim Bell salute with the entire uh, WWE locker room on the stage. Throughout the night, they have these uh, tributes to him, and they they talk about how great he was. Um, they're all wearing Eddie Guerrero armbands and for some reason the shirt that they decided to go for was the I'm Your Poppy shirt they decided to go for the the Eddie Guerrero tries to steal custody of a child shirt as
0: the in memoriam t-shirt which like okay the shirt is fun but it's a weird one to pick for this
1: yeah. Uh but they're all wearing it throughout the show. Um they do very interestingly, Chavo Guerrero had started this weird gimmick where he decided to become a white guy. I'm sorry, what? Named named Kerwin White. So Chavo Guerrero uh decided he didn't he was going to reject his Mexican heritage and so he starts wearing sweaters and coming out to the ring on a golf cart, and he calls himself Kerwin White, and he bleaches his hair blonde. They oh. drop that immediately on this episode. He's still got the bleach blonde hair, but they're just calling him Chavo Guerrero again. So he goes back to Chavo Guerrero, because they straight up just drop that whole thing.
0: Yeah, probably the way that should have gone.
1: Um, So every time a wrestler dies, they always have to drop a gimmick out of nowhere to just
0: Oh it, no. It's always I the hate wrong time. Lost the Chavos trying to become white gimmick. Man, what a tragedy.
1: Um, Ray is going to give a really emotional tribute to Eddie Guerrero, uh, talking about how much he misses him, all the thanks him for all the great memories he gave his family, including trying to steal his son.
0: <laughs> um. the, that was that is an incredibly sad interview with with Ray. Definitely. Very real. Uh, he takes off his
1: mask and, and puts his head in his hands and, and cries. Um, later in that show, so basically all the matches here are just about uh, just putting on a great match in honor of Eddie Guerrero. So they uh, they uh, decide to have... Uh, Shawn Michaels and Rey Mysterio are going to wrestle in this match. Uh, Two guys who've never wrestled each other before. Uh, Interestingly, Shawn Michaels has also never wrestled Eddie Guerrero um, in their career. It's kind of one of those dream matches that never happened. Uh, There's some rumors, apparently, that they were thinking about uh, having that match at the upcoming WrestleMania, at WrestleMania 22 um but apparently Sean and and Eddie were kind of good friends because they were both uh they both shared really strong Christian beliefs so um huh. Interesting uh, They also they do mention uh, that Shawn Michaels is the captain of the Raw Survivors team and Eddie was going to be on the SmackDown Survivor Series team. They had this storyline of Raw versus SmackDown at that time. So they actually would have wrestled in that I'm match. just a, I'm just a Jesus boy.
0: Jesus boy
1: honestly yeah that's that's basically his gimmick
0: i love um, the lord i love my family
1: <laughs> i don't do drugs <laughs>
0: and i read my bible bible boy um
1: i'm not king, a I mean, toy okay king sorry, mentions king mentions helping coin the phrase latino heat uh and uh, this is actually a pretty good match, some good back and forth. I love it when, you know, they can just have a match without, you know, a storyline being there. Unfortunate of the circumstances. Uh, but uh, but it's, it's pretty good here. They, they both have a similar style. Um, at one point, uh, Michaels catapults Ray over the ropes, but he comes back with a springboard-seated senton. Goes for a 619, but Michaels gets out of the way. Um, King says this really funny thing. Uh, he says he once asked Eddie what he would do if he played golf and got a hole in one, and Eddie said he'd write down a zero. Because <laughs> he would always lie, cheat, and steal.
0: That was a very uh, good line. And I do love Joey Styles on commentary here, uh, doing a great yeah. job calling these moves. Yeah, um, Joey
1: Styles was filling in for JR for a little while when he, he had to take some time off for some surgery. I, but uh, just, I
0: do love that because I feel like a lot of commentators with cruiserweight stuff, uh, when you get into high-flying, they don't know how to call, so they just kind of give up. Um, mm-hmm. But Joey knows his stuff, so he calls a really good match here. Um,
1: Ray, uh, Ray, you know, pays homage to Eddie Guerrero doing his signature taunt. Um, Michaels eventually ends up hitting the elbow drop from the top rope. He goes for Sweet Jam Music, but Ray ducks it and is able to hit the 619, followed by a springboard leg drop to get the win. Uh, Ray helps Michaels up, and they hug in the ring and celebrate really emotional moment here and a great way to pay tribute to Eddie Guerrero.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And so now I want to talk about Ray's abs. Um, of course. Specifically that in this emotional time, uh, and I understand completely, uh, for I do not have the abs of a young Ray Mysterio. I simply wish that I did. Um, but they are, they have since sort of disappeared, still a very muscular torso, but a little bit of a thicker ray here that we're seeing. Huh. So, I'm sadly gonna have to hand down a 4 out of 10.
1: Man, his lowest
0: score yet. His lowest score yet, and, uh, I'm gonna tell you, it doesn't get better from here. Uh, also, I noticed that he has a tattoo that says Mexican across his stomach, and I just feel that that's a little bit on the nose. Uh, no, I don't think he has a tattoo on his nose. Oh, man, you got me,
1: huh? Hey, Peyton, uh-huh. you just got me, didn't you? Got you good, didn't I? Oh, man. You got
0: me so good.
1: Uh, next, we're going to go to the Royal Rumble 2006. Here's the thing about Ray. Once Eddie died, they really pushed Rey Mysterio, and I kind of feel like maybe Ray wouldn't have been pushed like this if Eddie hadn't have died. Yeah. I'm not saying Ray doesn't deserve it. He certainly does. But. Would they have pushed him? And, as I'll talk about in a little bit, despite the fact that they push him, he doesn't really look that good. Like, they don't make him look very good in any of this stuff. Which is kind of why I stop after a certain point. Um, So we're going to go to the Royal Rumble match 2006. Uh, Didn't want to make you watch the entire Royal Rumble. It's a good one. Uh, In fact, uh, we come out, Triple H is... It enters at number one, Ray Mysterio enters at number two, and Ray actually holds and I think still holds the record for longest time spent in a Royal Rumble. Um coming out at the very beginning. You know, it's weird, you know, we talk about the number one entrant as being, you know, the like, you know
0: the spot. We right. ho- hold it on exactly a high pedestal.
1: But yeah, number two is literally exact you spend the exact same amount of time if you go the whole thing, but we don't really talk about it the same.
0: Yeah, that is weird. That's really weird. So in
1: actuality, we should include Rey Mysterio in people who've lasted the entire Royal Rumble. And unfortunately, we also have to include Vince McMahon.
0: Yeah. Who won
1: the Royal Rumble in nineteen ninety nine from the number two spot.
0: Which is just what?
1: Yeah. Anyway, so we're down to the final three in the Royal Rumble match. Ray, Triple H, and Randy Orton. So Ray and Triple H have both been in the Rumble the entire time. Randy Orton came out number thirty, so he's super fresh. Um Triple H is gonna go for a spine buster on Ray, but Ray uses a body scissors to send him over the top rope. Triple H pulls him under the bottom rope and slams him into the steel steps. Imagine if you just pulled him over the top rope and what a weak ass fucking ending to the Royal Rumble that would be. Yeah. Or Randy yeah. would win without doing anything? <laughs> that would be pretty lame. I'm glad he pulled him under the ropes then. Uh, and he, he throws him into the steel steps and then puts him back in the ring. Orton puts Ray up on his shoulder and is about to throw him over the top rope, but Orton reverses it into a head scissors, flings Orton over the top rope to win. The crowd erupts and cheers. Ray looks up to the heavens and thanks Eddie. Uh, big win there for Ray Mysterio. Despite the circumstances I think that it came under, we're really showing off Ray as a true contender.
0: And also, good victory for Ray's abs. I know it said it only got worse, but I, 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 I lied, much like Eddie Guerrero. Uh, he's toned up a little bit. We're back in a 6 out of 10. And I will say, they
1: do make him—I mean, they have him win from the number 2 spot, so like they do make him look pretty good there.
0: Yeah, no, that um, that
1: is I mean that's fantastic. Uh so this is going he gets a shot at WrestleMania. Unfortunately, here's the very beginning of them making Ray look bad. They immediately have him lose his WrestleMania spot to Randy Orton. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh and we have a really terrible uh setup to this because they exploit the hell out of Eddie's death.
0: They do um, and it feel it feels rough here. Randy orton Randy orton do this
1: to it's, it's, go ahead
0: uh so Randy orton tells Ray, you think Eddie's up there uh in heaven, but he's actually he points down down there in hell Eddie he also Guerrero at one- is a real dead person that died.
1: I wonder if if Randy Orton felt uncomfortable saying that cuz I I don't know that Randy Orton and Eddie Guerrero were close friends in any way but I'm sure that he probably admired him and did not want to say that this real person that he knew was in hell.
0: Yeah, that's um
1: Hey Vince, why? You
0: could you could I say hate so it. many other things.
1: I hate it when they use dead wrestlers like that. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, he, at one point, even uh, uh, during a rivalry with The Undertaker, lights uh, Eddie Guerrero's car on fire. Um, yeah. I mean, look, we can hate Randy Orton for many other reasons. You can make someone be hateable. You don't have to do that.
0: Yeah, you can even make him be like, hey, Eddie sucked. You know, that, that's one thing. But to be like, Eddie Guerrero, your friend in real life is in hell right now that's a step too far.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know what they were thinking about when they did that. Um, it does kind of feel that like, this is going to be a triple threat match and the, in the world champion here is Kurt angle, but he does kind of feel like a, an also ran in this, in this one for some reason.
0: He does. Kurt angles, just kind of here. Like Kurt really, it, it, I don't know. He feels like, Okay. You know how when you play Super Smash Bros? You play on the wacky stages. They have just, like, stage hazards, like things that that the stage does that can hurt you? Yeah. That's what Kurt Angle feels like here. He doesn't feel like he's a part of the match. He just feels like something that, like, occasionally comes out of the stage and damages the other wrestlers. He
1: really doesn't feel like he's a part of the story. Uh, In the match, I think he actually probably... Has the best performance of the match.
0: <laughs> I mean, he does great, but he doesn't like. I don't know. He he feels notably absent from segments. Yeah. Um.
1: <clears throat> so, Pod is gonna play Ray's theme live, and oh boy, is it garbage!
0: Yeah, Why do they I'm keep doing see wow. that? Motorhead and Limp Bizkit aren't the only live bands that we allow around here. Why do they keep doing that? It always sucks. Yeah, and also can we talk about how Ray's original theme is much, much better than his second theme? Definitely. I always get sad
1: when they change wrestler themes. Me too. It's just I just don't like it.
0: Yeah, it's usually I mean not at least they usually at least they
1: remembered most. At least they remembered the lyrics, unlike Motorhead. Yeah, that's true. Um I like that Ray explodes out of the stage and then goes backstage to put on some Native American headgear that he just is going to take off anyway. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Um, In the ring, the ref is holding up the belt, and Orton grabs it and hits Angle with it, which they're like, oh, this happened before the bell, so it's not a disqualification. Here's the thing. It's been established that you cannot be disqualified in a triple threat match.
0: Additionally, it might not be a disqualification, but it is a crime. Because, for example,
1: if someone, if a wrestler attacked the referee, that's worth being disqualified for. But if it's in a triple
0: threat match, who wins? Yeah, I guess you would just eliminate the one guy, and then the other two guys would remain. But, yeah, so, no, it's pretty
1: much been established that there are no DQs in triple threat matches, but, I don't know, they decided that it happens in this one. Huh. Um really cool angle is really showing off. And also WrestleMania 22 was known for it's bizarro crowd where they were cheering for the heels and booing the faces. They're cheering Kurt angle and booing Rey Mysterio.
0: Yeah. The commentary team even comments on how weird the crowd is. They're like, maybe it's something in the food.
1: This is the same show where they cheered for Mickey James and booed Trish Stratus. Uh, the crowd as a whole was just weird. Um, awesome moment though when uh Kurt Angle German suplexes Ray Mysterio and Randy Orton at the same time. Yeah, yeah,
0: that was that was really really cool.
1: Um, a cool moment is when Ray goes for the six one nine, but Angle grabs his leg, puts him in the ankle lock. Orton tries to break it up with a steel chair, but the referee cuts him off, and Ray is tapping out while the ref's back is turned. So again. This is not making Rey Mysterio look good. It's making Rey Mysterio look like, oh, he only won because... because of, you know, interference.
0: And moreover, you know, he loses the title shot to Randy Orton and is put in here just, like, because a guy decides he can be. And so it feels like Rey didn't even earn the right to be here. It's bad. Um... Angle
1: gets tossed over the top rope with the angle slam. Angle puts Orton in the ankle lock, but Ray grabs the referee to prevent the submission, and Randy's tapping out now, uh, but the ref doesn't see it. Um, Angle puts the ankle lock on Orton again, but Ray hits a springboard leg drop to break it up. Um, Angle attempts to the angle slam on Orton, but Orton reverses, hits an RKO, but Angle kicks out of it. Um... That's when Randy goes to the top rope, and Kurt Angle jumps up there, hits him with a belly-to-belly suplex from the top rope. So, Angle's really, like, fucking tearing it up in this match. So Ray is gonna go for the 619 around the turnbuckle post, but unfortunately he slips off, and uh, the crowd starts chanting, you fucked up. (laughs) I
0: didn't even notice that.
1: Yeah, he, like, tried to wrap around the, ring post but he fell off and then he just kind of kicked Kurt Angle in the head Yeah, and got a you fucked up chant Um, Orton is setting up for the RKO uh, but Angle comes in and hits him with the angle slam, pins him, Orton kicks out, Angle tries for the angle slam on Ray but he quickly reverses that into an arm drag sends him out of the ring then he hits the 619 and west coast pop on Orton for the win and celebrates very emotionally with the title and back up at the stage, he meets with Chavo Guerrero and Vicky Guerrero. Hugs him, and celebrates with them. One thing I forgot to mention is that Eddie Guerrero was inducted into the Hall of Fame the night before this um, by Rey Mysterio, uh, Chavo Guerrero, and Chris Benoit.
0: Oh wow! So it, it is just weird to like for a guy you're pushing to also be like. I don't know. Why'd they do it like this? What do you mean? I mean, just all the things that they do to sort of undercut Ray.
1: Oh, and it gets worse. So, he's the world champion, but he ends up losing, like, non-title matches all the time. He's got, like, the worst, like, win-loss record of any champion I've ever heard of. He is not booked to look very good at all. Um, It's all about... Living up to Eddie's legacy, it's
0: and I understand Eddie dying is tragic, and it's something that, like, you know, you definitely want to remember Eddie Guerrero, but that doesn't mean you have to make Rey Mysterio's whole career about Eddie, yeah. And
1: that's kind of what his career ends up being from then on out. Um. The good news is, uh, even though Ray does win the world title here and he, he doesn't get a good run with it, he is going to win the WWE championship uh, and be a world champion again. And he loses it the same night because John Cena gets jealous that he didn't get a title match, so he challenges Ray and beats him. The ultimate heel move by Cena.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. But uh, and then he ends up leaving the WWE after a while. Um, and goes back to the independents, and he's made some sporadic appearances with the company again, but this is kind of his crowning, his crowning moment. Um, and it's definitely, you know, not a bad career. I wish it had been handled a little bit better, but, you know, he made it, and he proves that someone his size could be a main eventer. And even that's why
0: they... he is a 5'7 legend.
1: How are his abs here?
0: Oh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, uh, they're a little worse than the previous match. He's got a little bit of a belly here, so another Billy. 5 out of 10 on the abs.
1: But all, all in all, pretty good abs.
0: Yeah, now, weird... all in all, fantastic core. I wish I had the early Rey Mysterio abs. That was a weird thing we decided to do for this. I mean, really, you decided it. I, I... I just put in the notes, I said, I wish I had Rey's abs here because they look good. I didn't say I knew, we were going to... I wasn't even going to read that. I wasn't even going to read that part of it on the air. But you brought you brought it in this... and then you I couldn't help I it. It was rank. there. You know I had to rank it.
1: I guess. <clears throat> you like to rank weird things. Well, that's going to about do it for this edition of Terminal Training. We want to uh, remind you all to keep watching uh, along with us, listening to the show. Uh, you can always find us uh, on Twitter... At Turnbuckle Train, uh, and give us a shout out. Follow us on there, and subscribe to us on whatever platform you find your podcast. Leave us a review uh, and rate us, and uh, and tell us what you want what you want to hear about. Yeah, uh, we're about at that time where we have been up almost a year doing this podcast.
0: Ooh, a whole year! You know, you know, we might have to change the intro, Peyton. Why is that? You say short time podcaster. Now we are at least medium time podcasters.
1: Medium time podcasters. Yeah, I really didn't think about time when I decided to uh, to do to do this because I've been a podcaster for like a year and a half now.
0: Yeah, man, feels good. You know, it, it feels like, like I actually think I was thinking about this the other day with feud fight. I think we've hit the point that I can I can call us comedians unironically. Ooh, ooh, man, that feels weird
1: on my tongue, though. It does. And to my ears. Uh, We're going to be doing some special stuff for you next week. Uh, I got a little special extra bonus content planned, so look out for that. Uh, But next week, we're just going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk about bad wrestling. We're going to talk about some of the worst wrestling matches that exist. Uh, And I know that that's your forte, Zach. Oh, yeah, man. I love du- me some crappy wrestling. You love dunking on it. Absolutely. Well, uh, that'll be up in two weeks, and uh, thanks for listening. It's me, Austin. Knuckles
0: don't lie, and they spell disaster for you and sacrifice. Son of a bitch. I did it for the lie.
1: Get ready for the bonker event
0: of the summer. A Three Big Dudes production. Starring me, professional toe-sucker, and no, the We sex- won't talk about that, but we will talk about Waluigi, Dog with a Blog, the similarities between Alf and Cousin Skeeter, and of course, the Slithler. It's
1: Feud Fight, where we take the wild questions most people won't touch and give our scalding hot
0: takes and I also say terrible things that could loosely be considered word crimes just to keep things a little spicy. Every Monday, wherever you find your podcasts.